Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Goddess Glow podcast with me, Ray Grillo. In this episode, I am going to share with you guys my insights on things that I have learned as a young widow. This is probably going to be the most vulnerable (laughs) that I've shown uh, to date with anyone online. And I am excited to share this with you guys. This has been a part of my healing journey. Um, I feel like me being able to talk anyway is and to share my story about being a young widow is huge. It's a a huge stepping stone for me. It's a huge step. I uh, have learned a lot being a widow. I ended up... um, I'm going to reword this. I... My husband ended up passing away back in December of 2019 when he got into, it was a freak accident. I wouldn't even say like a freak accident. Typically I tell people freak accident when I meet them in person. They ask me, you know, like what happened to him? And he passed away at 25 and I was 24 at the time. And he ended up getting shot and killed by someone who was, you know, breaking into his father's truck in front of their home. I, uh, at the time, was not with my husband. We ended up staying married. We just thought it was best. However, we were in a period of separation. And during this separation... I want to say, or at least I remember, there wasn't too much friction towards the end. We were civil and on talking levels. I mean, we were still married. However, the things that I've learned as a young widow is there is a lot of love in death. There's so much love to be found in funeral homes, at funerals. When someone passes, just how much support there is around. I am grateful for my in-laws. I'm grateful for my support and my friends that I have. And one of the things that I have learned from a really great friend of mine, shout out to DJ Mojito. (laughs) I will never forget what she told me one time. I, at the time, started a new job as a manager for an event company by design in Las Vegas. And it was a huge company, like event company here. They put on huge events. I was the manager for the floral department. And I was the manager doing like logistics, all the computer work. There was the head floral designer who did all of the design work i though was the one who did all the ordering did all the the scheduling for employees and stuff and which was fun 
However, I was only like three days in when Dan passed. I took on a new role. It was a, it was a big jump from where I was at as head designer at the Chapel of Flowers because it was just a lot of work. And at the time, it was their busy season. It was in December when, you know, Christmas flowers and Christmas events were going on. And they had a huge event going on outside of uh, outside of the town. And so, you know, I had my work cut out for me <laughs> at the time. And then also being a mom. And when Dan passed, I took on just this strong role like I knew all of the finances I knew I was the one who took on like the funeral um arrangements because at the time a lot of people don't have it together like you know in their 20s people don't think that you're gonna pass away people don't think of thinking about that sort of stuff and excuse me what ended up happening is I uh, took on all of that and you know his parents was dealing with the trauma of what happened because it was at their home all of this happened and they're the ones that witnessed it and I just decided to dive into work like I didn't even take any time after the funeral like I took a few days off and then I went to work I just drowned myself in work with Lennon and the funeral arrangements, and I just was distracting myself. It wasn't until my friend, uh, DJ Mojito again, was like, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And that hit me. <laughs> that hit me so hard because I did not take the time to just step back and allow myself to feel what I was feeling. And I was going on thinking that it's okay to just keep chugging along because I have to. Someone has to stay strong in what's going on. Someone has to be the one to like hold it together because who else will? And I was the one that took that on. It wasn't until my friend said this and it really stuck with me and it I, I mean, I will think about it till the end. Like, it's okay to not be okay. When you have someone pass or just when you're feeling just down or any sort of not okay or what you deem to not be okay, it's okay to be there. It's okay to not be okay. <laughs> uh, and allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and give yourself that downtime. Another thing that I learned, another insight from my journey is that life is too short. Life is fleeting. I don't think a lot of people understand this. I, myself, I mean, I was faced with death at a young age. I ended up having a friend pass away too from a car accident at 13. She was 13. And I always had death since then or even with pets however i already knew that people pass away when they're not of old age and then my grandmother passed away at 60 something i think believe she was almost 70 i think she was in her early 70s at the time she's just <laughs> her age stopped at 68 for me <laughs> that's sort of what i imagined her to be at however i had a few people pass away Dan's death, though, really hit me. 
And I mean, I had my son with him and he again was 25. Life is too short. And then also life goes on after you pass away. Just life just goes on. It moves on. You go through these ebbs and flows of life and, um, it just keeps going and that's just what it does. That's just another insight that I had going back though, to like the life is short. People don't pursue what they're passionate about enough. They want to settle. Even me at the time I was just settling. I mean, I was ambitious. I again was running floral event, like the floral departments for event companies, for wedding companies, um, at a young age at 23 is when I ran a floral shop on the Las Vegas strip, you know, or a wedding floral shop on the Las Vegas strip at Vegas's voted best chapel. And so that's, you know, ambition. However, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always want to travel. I wanted to be free. I wanted to have a happy family. And, I didn't do those things because I was working so much for other people. I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to help people. I wanted to help people find love in their life. And I love love, obviously, wedding. (laughs) Wedding floral and flowers just follow me around. My essential oils have a ton of flowers in it because I love the healing properties that flowers give. And, you know, not a lot of people are able to pursue their passion. They don't go for it. And what I realized for Dan... Dan was an amazing, amazing musician, and he loved playing music. He create, he played bass, he played guitar, he could play drums, like he could do a lot. And he recorded some. He just didn't believe in himself enough to pursue it. I don't think I've ever seen him on stage, me personally. I've heard his music though. I would fall asleep to him playing guitar. I also grew up with a lot of musicians in the family. I know what good music sounds like. And, you know, that sounded like great music to me. And he didn't have the chance to do that because he didn't believe in himself. And when I say life is too short, you know, I just, that's what propelled me to start traveling. That's what propelled me to start my business, to spend more time with Lennon. And, you know, if you're listening to this, I highly urge you to really start doing things that are scary, start pursuing your passion because you never know when your last day is. Uh, Another insight for me is just how important it is to have a father and a mother figure in a child's life. Oh my gosh, like having that masculine and feminine dynamic in the household is so important for a child in their development it can be very difficult, like single mothers raising children or single fathers raising children or the broken up family. Just how children develop is the family unit is the first community that the child comes into. And that within itself is so the development is just, it's so important. It's so prevalent to how the children are going to live their lives. You know, you can think of your brain as a computer and your subconscious mind is like a supercomputer. 
we have programming within our minds, within our brains. From the ages, even from when the child is a fetus within the mom's womb to the age of five, we are pick up in, we're picking up programs from the world around us. We are learning survival skills. 80% of our programming comes from that zero to five years old. That's crazy. It's so important too for the children to have a healthy household. Um, and Lennon, I believe, was three at the time when Dan passed. So you can just tell like how traumatic that event was for him. I don't know where it's going to lead. However, I know I'm going to do my best in raising him the best way that I know how to and asking for support, which was another insight for me is how much support I have around me. Before then, I didn't realize how much support I had. I took things on alone. I never asked for help. I was always, you know, staying the strong one. If I did need help, I don't know. I don't ever remember asking anyone for help. When Dan passed, I feel like in my mind, that gave me permission to ask for help. However, beforehand, I believe that I could have had help before then. And if I just opened my mouth and asked for it, because I was stressed out. (laughs) I was stressed out. I was drained. I was tired. And I just hated asking for help. It wasn't until he passed that I knew that, you know, it takes a community to raise a kid. It takes community for anything. And I have big dreams. And I want the best for Lennon. And I want the best for me. And I want the best for my family. And so that's going to take me opening my mouth and asking for what I want. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's times where I do feel alone. Or I felt alone. I felt like no one would understand me, would understand what I was going through because I was so young. None of my friends at the time had more, they weren't married. They didn't have a husband or they didn't, um, they just didn't have the same life that I had. You know, they're still in college or they're still like going out and having fun. And, you know, that's okay. It's just, I just felt alone. I didn't feel like anyone would understand. So I always kept bottled up. I didn't talk to anyone about my husband passing and what, how it affected me and how, uh, you know, our relationship when we separated, Dan had narcissistic personality disorder. I did not know how to cope with that because, you know, I love this man, yet I myself did not know how to set my own boundaries with him or to like work it out. Now doing research and stuff, I was, I can see now how people are able to do it. I myself was not in the place to do so at the time. Now I, you know, I don't have all the answers now. I don't know how it would have been. It just propelled me to learn more. And that anger that I felt towards him when we were separated dissipated when he passed away. And that part of me, I just didn't know how to voice that to people. (laughs) I didn't know how to voice like, 
yeah, you know, there was a lot of crappy things that happened and a lot of abuse. And it's like, how can I be mad at a dead man? <laughs> um, and uh, even sharing with some people that I've talked to, that I've encountered, I've attracted a lot of, which brings me to my next point is I'm not alone. I ended up attracting a lot of different women who are widows as well and were young widows or widowed like 20 years ago. Those women made a huge impact on me because then I was like, I'm not alone. This does happen. I'm not the only one. And the thing is, is, you know, if you're married, you, you are at risk to be widowed. Everyone at some point will end up having someone close to them pass away. I just learned, you know, at a younger age that this happens. It's sad because a lot of people who pass, because death is such a taboo topic to talk about, that, you know, it's people don't want to, they don't want to share. They think it's something that no one wants to talk about because it's so uncomfortable, yet it's the only thing that's guaranteed. The only thing. I learned this from my friend Mary McElhatton. I did a podcast with her a few episodes back, and she talks about permission mission. And what I've learned is to be able to just talk about your dying day or like your celebration of life with people around you especially with like I know with like my grandfather they talk like he talks about it and how special it is to be able to do that and for me who went through the funeral process like at a young I was like you know I felt like I was able to really make it what I feel like Dan would have wanted it would just would have been cool (laughs) and less stressful if he you know were able to pick things up and also that I mean life insurance too if you don't have life insurance just get life insurance Dan and I both had it I'm so glad that you know we stayed married when we did because it's funeral costs are are costly they're expensive and also pre-planning like that's again like with death being such a taboo topic now and not being talked about I would start having these conversations with your spouse or with your partner or with your family whomever and just get some things down and start thinking about for you what you're wanting for your celebration of life it's going to help your family members tremendously and um that stress is there's a lot going on there's a lot going on (laughs) a lot of emotions and that was one thing i also learned to do uh even now keeping on track with it and just keeping things in in order because i just don't want to see my family be the ones on the sidewalk you know asking for donations or getting gofundme to pay for that stuff and stress about it i just want them to be able to celebrate me and what i had to offer and give to them and uh i'm gonna leave you guys with this last i don't know if you guys hear banging that's lennon (laughs) that's lennon banging something in the room um the last one i'm gonna leave with you guys that i feel is the most important like i know everyone on this planet 
really just wants to feel loved. They really want to feel accepted. Everyone does. And I feel like even though I was anger or angry with Dan and heartbroken, that just means, you know, that anger that I had for him and everything just meant that I loved him and that there was love there. And the anger that I was having was, I mean, it was a mix of things. Um, however, it just showed that I went for something and I did love him. However, I never expressed to him that towards the end. I just expressed my anger. And since that lesson, I just, people in my life, I want them to know that if you have affected me in some way or you're just in my life and I appreciate you, I cherish you, I love you, I let people know. If I feel it, I do not care. Even if I've known you for a little bit, like a little while, you know, I'm going to let you know that I love you. Because it's so important for people to know this. And I do not want another day to pass for me where, or another person to pass with them not knowing that I love them. Regardless if I'm angry at them, regardless if we're in a fight or what have you. It's like, I want you to know that I care about you. I want you to know that I love you. I don't feel like it's expressed enough. People that are in fights with their spouses, people that are mad at their siblings or they are not talking to friends from long ago and they're, these people are still on your mind. Is it you know worth being right? Or is it more worth you know letting love in and loving each other while you can, while they're here? I mean, that's, that's what I have to say. These are my insights that I've learned. That's why, you know, I do a lot of the things that I do. <laughs> I go and travel and I really am grateful for Dan and everything that I've learned and how that propelled me to be who I am today. And I'm always learning something and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more lessons. However, this is the list that came to me while I was in the shower this morning. <laughs> and so that's what I wanted to share with you guys on this podcast. I thank you for listening in, tuning in. I hope you guys gained some insights. I feel like this is the most vulnerable one that I've had. I feel like I might have cried there a little bit <laughs> or almost teared up and I didn't. And that's what I've been working on is being still heart-centered and um, allowing myself to feel what I'm feeling and like getting it out in a more effective way. Let's say that, a more effective way. So thank you again for letting me share. And that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. Good night and bye.